Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon, or good evening, good morning, whenever you're listening. This is the COB. It's the 9th of December. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with uh, my colleague, David Scott. Scuddy, that's very formal. How are you? I'm great, and uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. Hope you're having a wonderful time, or whatever you're up to. Around the world? We've got big ambitions for this little podcast, don't we? Globe is. <laughs> okay, back on track. Uh, we got off that pretty quickly. Let's talk about the market today. So just, you know, doing our calculations and we're saying if there is another positive session here in Australia tomorrow, it will take us to eight days, so an eight-day stretch. And that would be the longest winning streak of the year. Um, it makes for great conversation. We love a fun fact. It's our party trick. Uh, and we've seen positivity for the entire month of December. That's another one that sort of sounds good when you say it. But does it mean anything, Scotty? Not really. We know that eight's a lucky number when it's uh, in Asia. So I uh, know maybe that's going to be you know, part of a lucky story for the ASX tomorrow. We'll see. But certainly uh, the momentum is there at the moment. Uh, just managing to go and push aside any negative news. Don't need any news at the moment. It just seems to go and drift higher. Uh, the Tina is well and truly in effect. The, uh, there is no alternative uh, apart from maybe iron ore. Uh, but uh, certainly really amazing run. And I was just doing some calculations. The All Lords already in the December quarter alone up 15.9%. Uh, that's putting you on track to uh, you know, likely surpass what we saw two quarters ago. And then only a few more percentage points more will be staring at the largest quarterly gain since 1987. So gives you some sense as to how big a gain it, uh, it could potentially be. But of course, we still have to get to the end of the quarter. So we've got the US session to get through. And obviously, US trade dictates to a large extent what's happening here in Australia. And I think to your point, I mean, equity is making fresh record highs in the U.S. through the overnight period. Uh, the biggest reason I could find given was that uh, fiscal stimulus talks were still progressing in the states. I mean, that's a pretty weak link to draw. And especially when you consider that uh, the risk on environment did not extend to other asset classes, and that included bond yields, which were slightly lower, and risk-sensitive currencies as well, uh, were little changed overnight. So if you looked at the price action that we saw on Wall Street through the overnight, is it is it is it Tina? Um, is it, again, optimism just over the stimulus? Is it vaccine? I mean, it's the, those... How many times will we react to those headlines? I've got to be careful not to go and offend my journalistic brethren, but uh, no, I'm not coming from a juristic, uh, journalistic background. Uh, I think that we sometimes search for, uh, for narratives rather than actually being honest what it is sometimes. Uh, look at what the volumes were doing last night on Wall Street. There were two-tenths of nothing. Uh, I think we're already starting to go and wind down for the year. Let's be honest, it's been a really tough year for many, many people out there. And uh, you touched upon those uh, apparent hopes uh, like, no, it's hopes upon hopes at the moment. Uh, I think we are calling it Hope Squared earlier this morning when I was talking to Andrew <laughs> on air. But uh, we have to have hopes because actually there's no actual involved. 
because we've been talking about this damn stimulus package for how long and we're still hoping for it but of course we're still here and nothing has come about uh the latest iteration that's been put uh, through by the republicans the democrats have knocked it back that was uh, in during the asian session but uh, uh marcus has shrugged their uh, the shoulders and kept buying okay um we could talk about that till the cows come home but let's move on we are um, talking stock, so let's just continue with the best performer, which was Helios. It was up by about 7%, so it has approved an on-market share buyback of up to 10%, uh, returning about $200 million in calendar 2021 to shareholders. Yeah, what's not to like about that if you're a Helios shareholder? Give me my capital back. Yeah, yeah. okay. everyone likes that. Uh, on the flip side, we did see Jumbo Interactive down by about 5%. Initiated coverage by UBS with a neutral rating. The share price target at $14.10 today, finishing at around $13, $13.07. But we did see, uh, you know, pretty good performance coming through from CBA, you've got to say up by 2%. Mixed picture, though, in the financials with Westpac and ANZ are down. I spoke with uh, Malcolm Wood. He is CIO at ELNC Bayou. He says by the banks. And he points to, I mean, he's had the thesis of this V-shaped recovery for a very long time, Scotty. I mean, early days on air. Um, we were talking to Malcolm about the V-shaped recovery. And look, if you look to the consumer confidence read here in Australia, uh, you just it's it's extraordinary, isn't it? It is. Uh, it looks like Australia may even be able to go and muster a V-shaped recovery or at least some sort of like elongated swoosh, maybe like the Nike swoosh, but uh, certainly around the rest of the world, even when the rollout of uh, these vaccines, the V-Day uh, overnight, of course, with the first person getting inoculated uh, in the UK. But... Um, it looks like we're doing all right, and uh, the consumer confidence read was pretty good. And uh, I've said for a long time that the uh, the banks are, um, you know, basically a uh, byproduct of what's going on in the broader economy. If the broader economy is picking up, then things are looking good. The one key thing with uh, with the banks, obviously, is what's going on with uh, with the bad debts at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but look, there seems to be plenty of willing buyers out there for the time being. We saw sentiment towards uh, housing remaining very robust in the Westpac uh, consumer confidence survey. So. Uh, it's all looking pretty peachy at the moment. So, yeah, if you like, if you like the economy looking, uh, well, maybe double in the banks. Malcolm Wood, he, he's the, uh, the investment advisor, and he says that, you know, when you see these deferrals, and we saw some data coming from the Bank of Queensland this week, which was pretty positive. Um, he thinks that, you know, all of this is an indicator that credit losses that are being forecast by the market are just simply too high. So if you'd like to listen to that interview, he also gave us his thought on where he sees bank dividends going for 2021, because, of course, lots of people still still looking for income in this very low yielding environment, no doubt. Like, can, like, like sorry, I was going to say, like, like uh, John Farnham, Whispering Jack, uh, the comeback could be on when it comes yeah. to those dividends. There's a lot of people talking about uh, all the provisioning that's been already put in place might not have to be chewed through. Mm -hmm. So what happens to that uh, capital that equity has been put aside, well, maybe it gets returned. Yeah, yeah. So um, take a listen to that interview. You can access it via the show notes. We've also got a good one with Jason Tay from Vertium Asset Management. Look, he is uh, a little bit more cautious when it comes to the gains that we've seen in the equity market. He was walking around Sydney and he was saying, yeah, you know, lots of activity out there, but his but is valuations. Um, you know, that age old, that age old conversation about valuations, which many people don't really like getting into, but he gave us a good go and you can watch that video via the show notes as well. While we're on stock, Scotty, I might take it to the stock of the day. Infratil, IFT is the ticker code. Uh, stock of the day, it helped 
propel New Zealand's share market to an all-time record high takeover offer on the table. We spoke with David Novak from Wealthwise Education and Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Keep in mind, while you're listening, this company is currently in the Ausbiz portfolio. If you read the director's comments, they're saying it's undervalued given yeah. their renewable assets and yeah. um, investments. So, uh, but look, on an earnings front, look, this doesn't shoot the lights out. It, it hasn't performed very well from my from an earnings growth point of view, intrinsic value of $4.18 is the calculated right. intrinsic value of this. Right. And it's trading at whatever it is, $5.60. Right. $6.90. $6.90, so there you go. Well above intrinsic. Um, so for my money, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is time to take the money and run. Okay. And find better opportunities. There could be further upside, but you just yeah. have to think in terms of, um, you know, what share price appreciation have we seen so far um, any further upside from here would be a small percentage of what we've already seen. So in terms of your risk reward, you're probably risking yeah. everything we've seen so far if, yeah. if Australian Super walks away. Yeah. Uh, but if they up their offer, it can only be marginally higher than where it is now potentially. Um, I'd be tempted to, um, um, okay. to take it here. So if you were listening closely before I said that that company was in the Ausbiz portfolio, well, it's no longer. Uh, take profits. The champ, it's been knocked out. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's out of the portfolio. But look, we've learned to take profits. So yeah, taking profits is not a bad thing, is yeah, it? Yeah, taking some money off the table is never a bad time to go and do that. So no, as long as you're cautious, we'll reinvest that back. I'm sure we'll find another company to add to the portfolio before too long. Oh, absolutely. We need agreement from two of our expert guests on the same day at the same time. Got to be said there. Um, okay, so that pretty much covers it here in Australia. We did have that Chinese CPI and PPI read today. Scuddy, what did you take away from it? I mean, not a lot to take away from it. We just lost a... Throwing my toys out of the pram here. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did I take away from it? Uh, that it was very soft. It was primarily led by food and pork prices. Now yeah. it's called the CPI, the, the China Pork Index. A lot of people nickname it because of the other heavy weighting of pork that still remains in that particular index. But um, not to discount that, uh, but I really don't care about the CPI in China. I care about the PPI because that has much greater linkages to what we see on the ground in time. So you think about you know, factory gate prices that get shipped off to the, uh, to the port, then the, uh, the goods get you know, exported overseas, including to Australia. We go and pick them up and then they come on our shelves and then we go and buy them. So you can see the cost increases with the PPI uh, translate through to sometimes uh, loosely what we're seeing on our shelves. So uh, whilst it's still deep in negative territory, 1.5% down uh, no, on the year earlier, it is gaining momentum. And uh, I think I might write about this in the, uh, the coming days about uh, the underappreciation that we might see a, quite a firm pickup in prices given the low space effect and uh, no, the recovery in, the, uh, in the, the global economy next year. Yeah. That, uh, that there may be uh, not enough attention being paid to that, particularly given valuations, particularly where nominal and real bond yields sit at the moment. Yeah, agreed. I think that it's something we will continue to to discuss and push for a view from all of our wonderful expert guests that are on the channel. Um, it was Fortescue Metals Investor Day today. We had Elizabeth Gaines, the chief executive, uh, I guess, putting a, pouring a bit of cold water on you know some assumptions that perhaps Brazil is going to come back to the market in a big way. Um, iron ore continuing to go from strength to strength to strength. Uh, how do you see? Yeah, I feel like we've it's a well worn path. I mean, what could stop it? Uh, what could continue to keep it going? It's it's all coming down to steel. 
Yeah, uh, China's uh, still juggernaut is uh, is going from strength to strength and blowing everyone's expectations out of the water. My view hasn't changed longer term. Iron ore prices are going lower, but I don't think anyone on this planet would have been thinking that uh, ben- uh, benchmark iron ore sixty two percent fines will be sitting at one hundred fifty bucks a ton in the middle of a season, which is typically pretty quiet when it comes to steel making in China. Mm-hmm. It is truly remarkable. This is one of those like anomalies that you see once every so often, but with anomalies comes opportunity for investment opportunity as yeah. well so keep and that in mind congratulations to all of you out there who are in fortescue who've been in fortescue uh yeah putting on a further two percent today 21 dollars 72 roundabout there now what is still on the agenda think about it what is still nothing. unresolved nothing it's all coastal clear we can go home yeah no brexit Brexit. I know your view today in the newsletter is about Brexit. I don't think, I think you actually expressed everything that I would like to say about Brexit. So don't ask me any follow up question. Get it done, get it over with, move on. Or can we say be quiet in impolite terms? Yes, I'm glad you used the word polite because I was thinking uh, for a long time, <laughs> do I go and actually uh, say what I really, really think on the other uh, newsletter? But I decided to go and play the cautionary role. I know that's unusual for me. But um, let's be honest, I think everyone is sick and tired of Brexit. Um, I've got a really like, you know, kind of funny story. So I'm a type 1 diabetic and I know that uh, when my brain is really churning the power and everything else, you no, know, when you're thinking deeply, you really burn up energy. And I was just thinking the amount of energy that you know, everyone in the world has been like, you know, burning trying to keep up with this damn debate about what's going to go on whether there'll be a deal or no deal uh, i reckon we could have gone solve the world's <laughs> energy energy crisis because if we collectively got all that energy together we could have powered this planet for eons that's how long it's been going for that's how many people have been following it look Robert Rennie from Westpac, you know, the uh, head yeah, of financial yeah. market strategy, he was on the show earlier today, and I respect his views so much. And he's a really, really talented guy. He follows it really closely. And he broke my heart by saying that he reckons there'll be an extension. Like, I, I, can't, yeah. I don't think I can cope with another <laughs> extension. I think we're just, it's either going to be like, no, get a deal gun, done now, guys, or we just, that's it. We're broken up. We're going other ways. We're going to go and have like a hard Brexit, and we're going to learn to it. We're not going to kick the can down the road and continue this ridiculous debate for another 12 months. Well, Mark we drop. will see. <laughs> okay, um, Robert Rennie has a great voice as well. Um, we'll hope to see him in the studio soon, but uh, yeah, uh, it's worthwhile to listen. I don't think it's up on the site because it was just done via audio, but uh, yeah, we'll get him in for you soon. Uh, we had another conversation that was pretty good with uh, Con McLacus uh, about short sellers. So I sort of sometimes wonder what you're going to put in the newsletter, what your view will be on. You mentioned inflation today. I reckon you've got a short selling one in your scuddy. Uh, you know, I was pretty, I was pretty uh, clear when I was talking to Con about, uh, no, I don't get this whole thing why people are such a bad. Well, I do actually. Don't give it all away. Yeah. Save it. Yeah, but uh, no, let's, let's we be don't honest. You're churning that, through that brain power. Yeah, right I know. Now. It's like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> There's so little of it as well, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that how bad a flack that uh, you know that short sellers get when uh, there are other people on the other side of the equation who are notorious just for like trying to pump things up. Uh, don't get anywhere near the kind of um, no criticism mm-hmm. and the like. So yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. So hopefully, I know you'll enjoy that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, coming up tonight, we've got that U.S. jobs jolts job opening read. 
I think I murdered that one. You um, got there. Yeah, I did in the end. We've got the Melbourne Institute's consumer inflation expectation data out here tomorrow. That's not a market moving indicator. We've got a whole lineup of great guests, including Jonathan Payne. So you know him from the Payne Report. He's going to guest host with us through the 11 o'clock hour. So giving us his insight on markets, the macro world, the wash up from the US presidential election. And we'll be talking a lot about what's to come. And I think inflation will most certainly rate in that conversation. Maybe I'll write about inflation tomorrow. How about that? There you go. All right. Uh, Julie Lee from Berman Invest and Conrad Song from Macro Capital are here for the call. I wonder what the stock of the day will be. Oh, I love finding out every day, each I, and every day. I keep pushing for Deterra. I want to go the iron ore royalties. I want to go and see someone like, no, the, the relative they're not done Deterra. I don't think so. So there's been, it's been on the call a couple of times. It's not been the stock of the day. So I know. I'm going to use my muscle and get that on, Scotty. Absolutely. Seek and you shall receive. Okay. Uh, we've got a request coming here for, uh, from a guy called Scotty. Yeah, what's <laughs> All right. Um, look, the, the guest list continues on. And it's high caliber. We do hope you join us through the day tomorrow. In the meantime, we really hope you go and uh, enjoy whatever it is you're going to be doing next or whatever it is you're doing while you listen to this podcast. Uh, Drive safely if you're doing it that way. Cheerio, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.